am Karen Cohen from Trinity Lutheran Church in Centerbrook, Connecticut, and you are listening to Two Bald Pastors broadcast, connecting real faith with real life. Might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinobaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations of the New England Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or as we like to call it, the ELCA. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Good, Jeff. How are you? I'm excellent because I am at one of the premier conferences in the country right now. This is the first of its kind. It is. It is a conference of two. <laughs> we are together, actually, on retreat. Yes. And we have called it the first annual Two Bald Pastors Conference and Networking Event. And what we are doing is we are conferencing and we are networking. So. <laughs> and we're together, so it's an event. Uh, actually, we are uh, up in New Hampshire together getting ready for Reach the Beach, which is a, a big Ragnar race across the state of New Hampshire, and Camp Calumet, our outdoor ministry for New England Synod. Uh, participates in that as a fundraiser for um, to get camp scholarships for kids who can't afford to go to camp. And we've both participated in that over the last couple of years. So we decided to come a few days early and just kind of retreat together. And uh, while we're together, we said, hey, let's uh, let's do some Two Bald Pastors stuff. So here we are together, actually in person. We're not usually do this uh, across the miles via Skype. So it's fun to be with you in person, Joe. It is fun for me too. And yeah, I think this is going to be a great week. We're going to get a lot done, not only for our podcast, but we'll be working on some churchy stuff too, and it's going to be uh, fantastic. And what a beautiful place to kind of spend some time at Camp Calumet. Also, we are staying off-site just to also get some work done, and yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. And if you would like to be part of the second annual Two Bald Pastors conference and networking event, just message one of us. <laughs> We'll put you on the we'll VIP put, list. We'll put you on the waiting list. <laughs> Advanced reserve. Well, anyway, we're talking today about Sabbath, since we are on retreat together and uh, actually putting our feet up. My feet are literally up right now on another chair, uh, just in the midst of busyness, especially uh, fall busyness and getting everything going at church again uh, for the program year. So let's talk about Sabbath today. What You got some initial thoughts there, Joe? Well, just to initially talk about Sabbath and what it means, and, and if you're not familiar with the term, but uh, we uh, read in the book of Genesis that on the seventh day, God rested, and this is after God created the world and all living creatures within the world, and so that is part of what uh, Sabbath is. Then also we, we go to the Ten Commandments. We are told about taking a Sabbath in the Ten Commandments, too. Yep, remember the Sabbath day and keep, keep it holy. holy. Yes. So, and there's, I think, some misconceptions about the Sabbath. So what are some of the misconceptions that you have heard about what the Sabbath means and, and how to take a Sabbath? Misconceptions. I, I think the biggest misconception is that we can skip it. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we live in a 24-hour culture now, and it's just go, go, go all the time, and even when you're not working... Uh, for your employer or for your job, you're still doing something. I mean, it just seems like we're always busy with everything, and that's just, uh, we're not designed for that. 
How about you, Joe? You got anything on your mind, the misconceptions? Well, one of the things that I think is a misconception is, and, and this is kind of one of my failings when, when taking a Sabbath, is each week I have a day off from church work, and what I typically do uh, unintentionally is to pile up all those personal things that I don't do during the week on my day off. and oh, becomes an errand day. Yeah, I have a day yeah. off, so that means I need to mow the lawn and grocery shopping and cooking and all these things for the week that I did not do. Uh, so I, I think it, a lot of times we think of the Sabbath as a catch-up day, as a day of trying to get ahead in life or just kind of keep up in life instead of really taking the time to rest. And I don't know if this is a misconception, but it's certainly the way that we have interpreted the Sabbath is to make it kind of church day. Uh, so you have worship on on the Sabbath, which is hard when you're working for the church Yeah, to, yeah. to find what that means. So I think for a lot of people, they would say that Sabbath is about participating in their faith community, or that's the time to pray, or maybe it's time to go out and enjoy nature, or, or those kinds of things. Is that misconception? I don't know if it is. I think they, they kind of go together. But certainly, Sabbath is about resting, and I think that's something we need to do more of, which we don't. We don't rest, and we don't take... We don't take the Sabbath seriously, and we don't think about what it means. And interestingly, um, in the small catechism, and if you don't have a small catechism, what you can do is there's an app in the App Store from Augsburg Fortress where you can download the small catechism. And the commandment about the Sabbath is the third commandment, remember the Sabbath day and keep this holy. And what Martin Luther said about this is, what does this mean? We are to fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching or God's word, but instead that we keep that word holy and gladly hear and learn it. So what are some ways we could gladly hear and learn it? For me, that begins with just having a mindset where we are able to take in God's word, because if we are running around and if we do not have uh, a time to rest and to reflect then we have so many other things in our head, things that we have to do, that to-do list that did not get done, that uh, appointment that was missed or whatever. And instead of being able to hear God's Word and reflect on it, we are thinking about all the other things. Yeah, I think that's true. I I was also thinking about uh, one of Luther's comments in the large catechism about having a God is... You have what your God is, is a thing you trust in above all other things. And we all have one, whether we we think we do or not. Right. And so if we don't make the space or or center ourselves in who God actually is and what God intends for us, uh, we'll just replace God with other things. And uh, it seems in this life, our schedule becomes our God in a lot of ways, uh, just because we're so busy and overly busy. Or even particular activities. Correct. Right. I know that that your son is in football this year, and my son played last year, and I just know that that schedule is tough to keep up. Yeah, and you've probably heard this comment, as I have too, is like, well, this is what your life is supposed to be now if you're going to be on the team. It's like, well, is it really? Right. Um, I mean, should it be a priority to, you know, be committed to your teammates and to your team? Well, it probably should, but that's certainly not the only thing that any of these kids have going on or any of us have going on in our lives. And every activity can't be the top priority. Right, right. 
so how do we make those priorities, I guess, is the question. How do, how do we, and, and I think that's not just individually, but even as a family unit to make that priority saying these are the important things to us in our family, and this is going to take top priority over other things. Yeah, I think with anything, um, if it is a priority, you're going to actually schedule it. Right. Um, you know, if you don't put it on the calendar or talk about it, um, it's just not going to happen. I mean, I know for me, I, uh, I like to run. I took some time off from running because I had an injury, but I've, I've started running again. But I say, okay, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays is when I'm going to do that. Um, and I, I schedule it in. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. Right. My wife, Tammy, and I, we like to walk. Same thing. We, we put that on the schedule. This is when it happens. Uh, otherwise, because for us, that's important. It's a good time for us to connect with each other and actually enjoy being outside and have a physical exercise activity as well. It's good for the soul. But uh, if we don't schedule it, it just gets overtaken by other things that could be scheduled another time. And that reminds me to a saying that I heard when talking about the Sabbath is, and this might be an easy way to remember, to take a Sabbath, disengage daily, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually. So when you and Tammy go for a walk each and every day, you are disengaging daily. So that means you're with each other, you put your phones off to the side and don't worry about Facebook or emails or anything like that, and just take the time to be with one another, to support one another, to talk, and even having a spiritual connection with that. I mean, I struggle with this a lot, and I'm sure I'm not the only one where your your phone starts to take over your life. Uh, and to go back to the other piece, I mean, it becomes your God in a way. It's telling you what to do and when to do it, and yep. it just continues to draw you in. And I've started to, now I can't confess I'm perfect at this and I fail a lot, but I like to, when I come in the door at home, to set it down and try not to pick it up so I can actually spend the time with my family members who should have a higher priority than a little black device. (laughs) (laughs) And what's happening on Facebook, although I like Facebook and I think it's a great tool to use, but there are times for it. And then there are times where all it is doing is consuming your life. And that's not good. That's not good at all. And it's, it's hard to, because we want to be connected. We, we are innate creatures to be connected with one another. And an easy way to do that and a non-intrusive way to do that is through things like Facebook. But it also can be consuming. And to take that time to be with the people that you love, the family in person, not sitting on one end of the couch and texting on the other end of the couch, but uh, cre- creating moments where you can engage with one another and... Uh, grow in relationship to your family with one another and with God. Yeah, I want to say too, I mean, I'm, I remember growing up in a culture that still observed Sabbath. I mean, whether you were a church person or not. Right. That Like Sunday mornings were kind of sacred. Like there wasn't anything that went on other than church. So like stores were closed, sports leagues didn't happen. It was kind of assumed it was a family day. If church was part of that, great. But if not, that was still okay. And that was just kind of the way it people lived. Now that has totally vanished, at least in New England uh, where we live. Sunday's just another day in a lot of ways, and it's it's a family catch-up day. It's the one day people can sleep in. It's loaded with sports activities because that's when fields are available. Uh, the stores are all open. It's another day of business in that regard as well. And so the church has to kind of figure out what that means because we don't have a special place in the culture that can 
support our schedule. Right. So the church needs to ask particular questions as far as what are we able to offer people to enable people to have a Sabbath? Is that something that the church needs to kind of figure out? or Yeah, and just how are we engaging people? I mean, if we just assume that the Sunday morning experience, which is what we've done for decades, if not centuries, if not millennia, is the time when we do church, um, if that's not a time that's available to people, uh, we need to figure out other ways to connect. And some of those ways are, you know, kind of what we are doing with the podcast, you know, creating media, creating content for people to consume when they're not necessarily engaged on a Sunday morning. So when people are driving in their cars and they want to listen to an audiobook or listen to a podcast and, and really just kind of learn a little bit more about themselves, a little bit more about their faith, that can be a way to disengage from the everyday life and to think a little bit more about the Word of God and how it interplays in your life. Yeah, and I think congregations are starting to think about how this works. Um, our congregation is starting to think about alternative worship times. Um, I know a lot of churches that have churches either midweek or other times on weekends, uh, just to be able to be available to people when Sunday morning isn't really an option for them. Because in a way, as much as it's great, and that's the tradition to be, you know, Sunday morning at 8 or 10 or 11 or whenever it is, um, some people just literally can't meet with others then. They're working or they're, they've chosen sports and we just have to figure that out. Um, are, are there ways to to still engage them, or are they just not in the market for a religious experience? I mean, you know, we, we, I mean, really, that's silly, right? We've right. got to find a way to do that. So we were kind of brainstorming some ideas uh, recently, and uh, I thought, you know, what if we uh, we have teams of people that go visit shut-ins, uh, people that can't get to church on Sunday morning. What if we sent people on Sunday morning to go do that, um, and maybe even youth to to do that as part of their Sunday morning experience if they're connected. Or, uh, you know, are there other things we could do? Are there ways the church can be a witness on the sports field that's not shaming people or guilting them and saying, why aren't you at church? But to, but to, as a way of trying to be neighborly or, and supportive and ways to finding ways to connect with them as people in our community. Um, I don't know, there's all kinds of ways we could be creative about this, I think. The in-person connecting with people is the right way to go. And like you said, not to do it in a way where it's like, oh, you're on the sports field. Well, church is going on right now. Why aren't you there? But just to be there to connect with people and say, hey, you know, I want to know what you are doing and because I care for you, because you are another member of the body of Christ. And we build those relationships and get to know one another. Then we find more and more ways where the church can be useful in people's lives. I had a very interesting experience this Sunday morning because I had a Sunday off. I was at a youth event that is up here at Calumet, and I needed to come back because be my son Joe had a football game. But I had already lined up a substitute pastor for me at church, so I knew I didn't need to be there. But what what happened was was kind of fascinating. I got a, a totally different viewpoint. Is I was at the football field at 10 a.m., and it was before they were still kind of warming up and stuff, and I did go on my phone, and I listened to a sermon from a colleague from another state that I don't know in person, but I'm Facebook friends with her, Yeah, and uh, she does Facebook Live like the two of us do of sermons, and I was able to still participate, and I... That's awesome. It was cool. Yeah. It was like, okay, 
while I'm watching these other kids and adults interact on something totally different. (laughs) (laughs) But it was that moment of, okay, I kind of see things from another perspective that often I don't because I'm at church on Sunday because that's what we do. Yep, yep. So disengaging daily. And and when we talk about that, that is like, you know, we mentioned before, going for a walk with a, a loved one. Uh, one of the things that w- your family and my family does and many others is to the Faith Five that we've talked right. about before, yep. to engage in that and just spend some quality time. And taking a Sabbath is not necessarily taking the whole day and just saying, I'm not going to do anything, but taking some time during the day to rest and reflect and connect. And... So withdrawal weekly. Now we have a scheduled day off. Yep. And how are you at taking your day off as a day off? I would say most of the time I'm pretty good. I take Friday as my day off. I do too. And uh, for me, that's really helpful, um, which means that by Thursday night, the meetings need to be done. The sermon has to at least be, you know, pretty well put together, at least knowing what it's going to be about. And then Friday gets to be a day. So uh, Tammy takes Friday as her day off as well. So with that works out great. So what happens is we'll get the kids off to school and then we actually have a day together. So yep. that actually works pretty nicely to go for a walk or do lunch or just hang out or whatever. And that's kind of nice. And then we, we try not to do errands that day. And you know, Saturdays, we can do that kind of stuff or, or during the week when one of us can run to the store or whatever. How about you? Friday's my day off as well, and I do take that as a day off most weeks. I would say 90% of the time. I mean, there's things that come up or whatnot, and even if I may do something for the church, it might be like an hour or something, and then I'm I'm done if it really needs to be taken care of. But I mean, sometimes there's a crisis, you just have to deal with it, or sometimes there's a wedding and you've got a rehearsal, or or even the wedding itself on Friday night, you can't avoid... um, and then you just got to find time elsewhere. But I, I really do try to make that time up if it gets intruded upon. Yeah, and, and Katie does take the t- that sat, uh, Friday off as well. So we we like to do things together. And sometimes that is running errands. Sometimes that is going shopping so you don't have the kids, you know, begging you to buy something. Or, you know, we try to go out to lunch just to, you know, have some time together. And that is that is an important time for us. So with... Withdrawing weekly, it could look like taking a day off, and maybe you work Monday through Friday and can't take a weekday off, so then you have your weekends, and just trying to look at that day and just withdraw from the world. That is taking... Or even part of it. Or part of it, right. Even part of it um, to break up your, your daily routine so you have some time to connect with people. I think even just a small practice like taking five minutes and just not doing something. Right. That's hard. It is hard. But I have found for myself that to be so helpful. Uh, You know, put your phone away, put the TV remote down, put a book away. I guess you could call it prayer. I don't really necessarily think it is prayer in the sense of I'm not saying words. It's just, well, it's listening, I guess, but it's just sitting quietly for five minutes with your eyes closed, not falling asleep. Maybe you do, (laughs) but just to really just kind of be present in the moment and just kind of pause. I think we need a lot of that and we just don't take it because we are so overwhelmed by everything 
that yep. happens in our lives, and we're just exposed to so much information, whether it's TV, radio, your phone, whatever. We're just compounded by messages constantly. And if you don't have that moment to just pause or listen, you can't decipher any of it. Right. right. And especially if you're supposed to keep Sabbath as something holy, or it, it's a way that God is supposed to, or God can connect with you. Um, you can't do that in a world that's so overwhelming uh, at times. I mean, I remember the story of uh, my friend whose sister put her kids into a, a, a Christian school. It happened to be a Catholic high school, and they had they had sports on Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah. And what was interesting about it is the coach, who was a young adult, had no idea that this was intruding into time you're supposed to go to church <laughs> because he didn't grow up with that. Right. It was just right. not part of, of the regular routine that he had experienced. And so he scheduled practice on Sunday when the, the field was available. And um, I mean, granted they, they could go to mass on Saturday night and that was, I think what the assumption was, but at the same time it was like, you know, if we can't even within our own communities think that this is time that's set aside, you have to make the time. And for me, that little five-minute blip, I try to do that daily. Uh, it, it really is helpful. It just helps you sort things. Yeah. And if you need something to do during that time, it feels uncomfortable, then get a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and just sit down and just be present. And yeah. it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be thinking about what you're doing that day or you don't have to reflect on what happened the day before, but just... Be but present. you certainly can. I you mean, can. Yeah. yeah, you definitely can. And the other withdrawal weekly, you know, something that is helpful for me is to withdraw and, and look at the upcoming week, you know, kind of get my ducks in a row with uh, my family and look at our calendars and say, right. all right, let's review what happened this past week and let's look at the upcoming week to see what's going on. So then, again, my headspace is not thinking about, okay, what do I have to do? Where do I have to be, you know, before the week begins? Yeah, we find family meetings to be so incredibly helpful for that reason. But I will say, unless it gets scheduled, those don't happen. happen. And then all of a sudden we're all behind and running around in different directions and we're feeling like we're not connecting correctly. Right. And uh, boy, that's so important. Yep, yep. And then the last one on the list is Abandon Annually. And so that part of that is like is, your goals and aspirations. No, no, <laughs> abandon everything, your life, everything. No, that is is just taking some time away uh, on an annual basis, and for most of us, that looks like a vacation. So, yep, I'm a big proponent of use your vacation time. Use your whether vacation. you have a week, two weeks, four weeks, whatever. If you have time set aside for vacation, utilize it. That should be a gift to you. What does that look like for your family? Well, we like to travel, so we usually go places. So most of our family does not live in New England, but lives in the Midwest. So we'll spend a considerable amount of that time seeing family in other places. But we also like to travel and and see different things, too, because the world's big and it's got a lot to offer. So we like to experience it as we can. So um, sometimes it's grabbing a weekend somewhere, like up at camp. Or uh, sometimes it's we have family in Florida. We see them uh, we try to see them every year. Uh, we're going to do that again in the fall. And uh, sometimes it's going to like our favorite places. Like next year, we have our, uh, Tamiel and I are having our 20th anniversary. 
Oh, nice. Uh, and uh, we're going out to Glacier National Park in Montana, uh, which is a place we've been to a half a dozen times and just love it there. It's beautiful. It's hiking, which we like to do. And it's a good way to be connected uh, to that place and uh, the beauty of the world uh, that God has made. And uh, we find it very renewing. As exhausting as sometimes traveling can be, it's still, for us at least, worth getting away out of the regular routine, doing something else, trying to connect with each other. And it's it's good. You need that. You do need that. And and getting out of the routine, it, more and more people are taking, what, what do they call it, staycations? Yeah. Uh, instead of going somewhere because of budgetary reasons or time reasons or whatever, a lot of people are just kind of staying at home. But I, I think it is important, like you said, even if it's a weekend, to just kind of get away get out, do something different, uh, change your routine up because we can get into ruts. And even if we're at home, then we're committing ourselves to maybe working on the house or the yard or get caught up in other things that are part of our normal daily routine. And then it just doesn't feel like a refreshing experience. Yeah, and there's also this concept, at least in the Old Testament, of the the sabbatical year. That mm-hmm. you know, every several years, I think it's seven years at least in the Old Testament. But it's the idea that every once in a while you have a special amount of time that's set aside. Now I know, like some people take a sabbatical kind of professionally, and that's great if you have that available to you. But a lot of people don't. But even if you think, okay, every several years we're going to do a big trip together as yeah. a family or yeah. we're going to really take some time off and and work on the house like we've always wanted to or or something but you, but again to schedule that right to think about okay you know it's very easy to go through life and miss it you don't want to do that i mean you've been given this incredible gift of of time and people and if you don't um, make time for them or or give thanks for the time that you're given in a special way then um it slips by very, very easily. So I'm a big proponent of that. I think that's important to do. And, you know, maybe you can't afford a big thing every once in a while, but in a longer extended period of time, you could save for that. You could save for that. You yeah. could save some money and you could save some time and, and book it together and, and, and make time for that uh, with it, some intentionality would be, I think would be worthwhile. Right. And, and a lot of sabbaticals are three months or six months or a semester if you're in, in academia, but even a two week thing, you know, and right. I've, I've heard even a week. I mean, just like even if, a week. You, if you normally only get away for a weekend, what if every three to five years you took a whole week right. and did something? Right. Uh, that would be great. Most people I talk to don't regret having taken the nice vacation. No, no. you know, or, or a t- trip or experience or something like that, that it's beneficial. You, you still reflect on it years later as something that was worth doing. So something that might be helpful would be, I think, if you spent a little time just looking at your calendar and looked at a day, a week, a month, and a year, and just looked at it and said, okay, what's filling the space on here? You know, yes, you need time for work, school, activities, and all that stuff, meals, I mean, you name it, stuff needs a place on the schedule. But where are the places in those time frames? so on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis, that you can carve out? and say, this is when this is going to happen, and get it on the calendar, because then then you can make it happen. I mean, I know people, I mean, we're sitting at Camp Calumet right now, people always come up the same week. They do, uh, uh, yeah. 
and you get to know the people there that are part of that week and you look forward to it the other 51 weeks of the year. How What a wonderful thing that is. But again, if you don't schedule it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, or that thing I was talking about earlier, your five minutes of just nothing. When's that going to happen? For me, I like to do that when I first get in the office in the morning because I'm the only one there. And I know for those five minutes, no one's walking through my door. <laughs> uh and I do that, and I, I just find it so helpful. It makes the rest of my day make sense. Um, but again, if you just if you don't schedule that, it doesn't happen. So looking at a calendar, whether it is a physical calendar, if you can go out and find something where you can see the whole year at a glance, or if you use a resource, you know, like my family uses a Google calendar. So we each have a calendar for each of us. And then one of the things that I actually do is I have an ideal calendar. So mm. I don't have that up all the time. But what I ha- did is I sat down and I said, if I was able to create my perfect week, what would that look like? Mm. So I had particular themes for each day. For example, Mondays is typically uh, media days for right. me. So yeah, me that's too. a time that we connect. Yep. We connect through the podcast. I go on to the church's website, and I do any updates that need to be done there, or write blog posts, or newspaper articles, or whatever I need to do for that particular week. Media-wise, I do that on Mondays. And then Thursdays are typically my visitation days. So I know that I have a standing meeting for Rotary each Thursday, and then after that, I go out and make my different visits to the different nursing homes or, or whatnot. So I, if I had an ideal week, you know, every day has a particular theme and uh, lunch is scheduled and, and workout times are scheduled. And, but I realize not every week is going to be perfect or ideal. So I kind of make that flex when I need to, if I need to, if I have another meeting scheduled for a particular reason or, or whatnot, or if I have to change things around, I do. But to have that ideal first is yep. important. So then you know what you are trying, going to try to accomplish. Yeah, I like that. I guess I do that too. So Monday, I also use this kind of my media day, which is our time together usually, and then uh, videos I'm making or things I'm writing. Tuesday, I usually I call it a talky day. So it's uh, usually meeting with my conference group and other meetings uh, yeah. and visiting people and that kind of stuff. Usually happens on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I would say too. Wednesday morning, I have a breakfast club at, at uh, church that I Try not to miss because I, I really look forward to sharing that meal together. And then uh, we always look at the Bible readings we're going to read on Sunday. And I enjoy hearing people in my congregation's response to those initially. That helps that helps me tremendously shape a message. Yep. And plus, I just benefit from learning from others in that regard, too. Um, so that sets the tone for Wednesday. But usually Wednesday is kind of a talky day, office day kind of, too. And then Thursday, I try to block the morning as that's kind of sermon prep time. Whether that's actually writing a sermon, that's another story. But <laughs> but it's the time I'm really thinking about, this would work, maybe I'll take that, this is the way to go, and then kind of see where the day goes from there. And then Friday is a day off, Saturday is very flexible. Sometimes it's church work, sometimes it's not. Right. And then the evening is really hammering out what it looks like, to, what Sunday morning is really going to look like. I like that incubation period between Wednesday, that group, Thursday, really thinking about it, Friday, not thinking about it at all, and Saturday night is, okay, it's time to really 
hammer it out. And then uh, by Sunday, it's game time. It's game time, baby. <laughs> and then by sat- Sunday afternoon, it's usually time as a family and and enjoying each other and doing that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But and I think it's good to ask yourself, what does my ideal week look like? How would I schedule this? And then look at a, at a broader scale. Okay. What does my ideal month look like? And even taking a look at opportunities for Sabbath, but also opportunities to connect with friends and, and family, and then the the yearly glance to say, okay, are we going to take some time every quarter to abandon, you know, whether that's just a night or a weekend? Are we able to take a, a yearly vacation? And because if I don't plan my vacations, then they're, they're not going to happen. It's important to get those down on, on paper or in a digital way so then you can communicate that to others and, and then really keep that commitment to yourself. And the other thing about that is that I think it also increases your productivity because you, you have an idea of what you're supposed to do when. Right. Rather than just kind of drift from one thing to the other or just have a to-do list that never actually ends. Right. Um, right. Another question is, what do I enjoy? And when you think about the Sabbath, you want to do things that you enjoy and not necessarily, you know, take a walk if you don't like walking. <laughs> right. But uh, what are the things that you enjoy doing and how are you going to um, accomplish those? So and that's really subjective to each individual person is, you know, if you like working with pottery, then that's something that you might want to do on your Sabbath. If you like recording a podcast, that's something that you might want to do on a Sabbath. But what are the things that you enjoy and how are you going to be able to take advantage of them? Because that's one of the first things, at least for me, that goes when I get busy are the things that I enjoy. Right. Before I went to seminary, I really did a lot of things with music. I played a lot my guitar at a lot of coffee houses. I wrote songs and I loved it. I even recorded a, a little bit but when I got to seminary, you know, that's kind of when it, things started going downhill because yep. I didn't have time anymore. I was spending time with my family. I was working. I was going to grad school. And the first thing that was to go were, was the things that I enjoyed personally. Yep. And over the last number of years, I've recaptured that because it is important. And I do feel better about myself. I feel less stress in my life when I'm able to participate in different activities that I really enjoy personally. Um, and that happens a lot on my Sabbath time is to sit down and either just play my guitar or write songs or whatever it is, then I am able to do that and, and feel more whole, I guess. Yeah, I'm not a particularly handy person, but I uh, walked into the garage the other day and my son Joe was just tinkering around with something. He had got himself a small motorcycle, a little dirt bike, nothing you could take on the road. He just drives it around the yard. Um, But he had taken the engine apart. Oh, my goodness. And I thought to myself, oh, this is just awful. And I wouldn't even know where to start. And he was just having a ball. I I asked him, but he's like, oh, yeah, this is relaxing to me. Like, I'm enjoying (laughs) myself. I just, I have the time to do it. It was the middle of the summer. I, you know, I'm just enjoying this. I'm learning how this works and I'm putting it back together again and it's going to be great. And I just thought more power to you. I find it a daunting task. (laughs) I wouldn't even know where to start. I would find it stressful. I, I knew I would break it. It would never be recoverable, you know? 
And he was just having a great time doing that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of activities like that that, you know, others might look at you funny and say, what are you doing that for? It's awful. But you have a gift in that area or a, a, you're interested in it and want to find out more. So yeah. it's kind of one of the unique things about people. And uh, we all have those things in our lives. It's good to develop them. Yep. And I think one of the last questions that uh, I think about when I think about Sabbath is, do I have someone in my life to keep me accountable? Yeah, that's really helpful. And that is very helpful, especially during those times when I am working nonstop, and then I know that I do have friends and I do have my spouse who says, no, Joe, you need to take a day off. You need to decompress a little bit and go out and just sit by the water or just go out and play your guitar or something so that you can feel less stressed about life. And we all need people to help us remember that and to keep us accountable to, to do that. So do you have someone, whether it's a friend or a family member or a spouse or even child who can come into your life and say, you need, you need to take a Sabbath, you need to take a break, and it's going to be beneficial to you in the long run, even if it seems somewhat impossible now. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. And especially since, since we do have, we have a constant busyness to our lives, it seems like, in 21st century America. But I think we also have seasons yeah. that are busier than others. Yeah. And can you take advantage of those times that are a little lower, a little bit more, rather than just fill them because you feel like you should, um, to spend a little more time in the relaxing zone yes. or the pausing zone or at least the not overwhelmed zone. So when you are in those busy seasons, you feel like, okay, I can be on now and that's all right and uh, still find yourself in that. So any final words about the Sabbath? I would, but I think it's time for a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Two Bald Pastors where we are helping you connect your faith with your life. I'm Joe McGarry. And I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. If you'd like to connect with us, and you can do so by going to twobaldpastors.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash twobaldpastors. And we would love to engage with you more about the Sabbath and answer any questions you may have about taking a Sabbath in your own life and even being... Uh, someone who can help you find ways to take a break every now and then. You can really help us out by going to iTunes and rating us, leaving a review if this podcast has been helpful to you in reminding you of some of the things that can keep us going and connected to our faith and connected to other people in our lives. So we will be back next week with a brand new episode. Take care and be blessed. Bye now. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. All right. Reposition this. That way I can still kind of assume my normal podcasting position. <laughs> Feet up. All right, now I am ready to do some work. <laughs> All right, here we go. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors. Wait, how do I do that? Yeah, Is that what I know that's what say? you do. I haven't done it for a while. I know, it feels like forever. <laughs> <laughs>
Am I still Jeff Sinabaldo? I don't remember. <laughs> and you're still Joe McGarry. I am still Joe McGarry. So we still must be the two bald pastors. Okay, uh, let's start over.